now, it's Gardening Talkback with gardening specialist, Scott Sharp. Oh, it is Gardening Talkback. Scotty Sharp, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. How are you going? Oh, look, it's, it's been a while since you've been stuck with me. Oh, look, I know I've graced your presence here, so <laughs> all's well now. All's well. Well, look, we'll do what we can. A big hour of Gardening Talkback on the way. We're, we've got a guest. Uh, you've got some correspondence and... Topics to talk about as well. Yep. What, what else could happen? So we're going to talk about jacarandas. We're going to talk about the Woodville Wander, which is a great uh, uh, set of open gardens up at Woodville. They're going to be open in November. And uh, beetroots and possums. Just about ready to head to the phone. Scott, do you think you can handle that today? I think I can handle that today. Okay, let's uh, give it a go. Good afternoon to you, Rod at Spears Point. And you've got a question for Scott today about Port Wine Magnolia. Good afternoon. Okay, mate, how you going? Yeah, good, hey, Rod. Good. How can we help you, mate? Uh, listen, I've, I've got a couple of shrubs out the back of my place. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what they were, but I've done some investigating. And I found out they're port wine magnolias. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, they're like little purple, little purpley flowers. It smells like bubble gum and that, you know. But um, I just want to know when, when we rest time to prune them, like they're starting to get a bit um, out of control type of thing. Yeah, okay. So with port wine magnolias, they, they are a funny sort of plant. If you prune them, uh, they get what I call water shoots, uh, which yep. are these shoots that go straight up in the air like, you know, fingers, you know, yep. you know, straight up vertically. And, and they, they so they prune okay, but they can be, you know, you can lose your shape with them for a little while until it all, you know, sort of fills back out again. So that's just something you have to be aware of. Uh, mm-hmm. Are they flowering for you at the moment or getting ready to flower? They 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 have been flowering, but they're starting to die out, like, stop flowering a bit. Yeah, they're, okay. they're, so that's they're great. flowering. So that's great. That's the, the old rule of thumb, thumb is that you actually do the pruning once it's finished flowering. So good time yep. to prune it now in that case. Also, we've yep. had some rain. Uh, you know, the days are getting longer. You know, everything's yep. starting to heat up. So, yeah, a really good time to, to prune it at the moment. Uh, look, if you start to go in really hard to the old wood, like we were talking about, you will get those water shoots, uh, you know, yep. sort of sticking up vertically. Otherwise, yep. you might just want to give it a light shaping, you know, even just... Yeah, th- that's what... Uh, I was just thinking about shaping it up, like just putting it in like a ball shape type of thing. Like. Yeah, look, they're fantastic, and you can do that. They do shape up very nicely. Probably about a third of the plant would be about the most you want to take off. Yep. Uh, and try and keep that shape uh, in it. Otherwise, if you start, like I said, start going back down into that hard timber, yeah, uh, yeah no, you will I, lose the they, shape. Of they, it. They're just about the right height. I just want to shape them up. That's all. Okay. And will I fertilise them after I prune them? Or? Absolutely. Look, they love cow manure. So if you've got a couple of bags of cow manure, sprinkle those around the the uh, you know the drip line of the plant, and uh, yep. just water it in, and that should uh, do. Be Bob's your uncle for you. Thank you very much, Rod at Spears Point. Great question there. And uh, if you've got a question for Scotty this afternoon, 49216216 as part of Gardening Talkback. And you could end up, Scotty, maybe winning a prize. Yes, we've got uh, free tickets to give away to the Woodville Wander. Now, we're going to hear about the Woodville Wander mm. very, very soon. Helen's going to... We're going to give Helen a call and uh, she's going to tell us all about it. She's been organising it for the Black and White Committee up there in Maitland again. So all proceeds, uh, of course, go to Vision Australia. So it's a fantastic cause. Uh, it's the same sort of cause as the Maitland Garden Ramble. They gave all their money to uh, Vision Australia for that as well. So uh, different gardens this time, uh, really beautiful gardens. And uh, Helen's going to tell us all about it when she uh, calls up. Sounds pretty, or we call her. We call her, either way, yeah. And uh, some correspondence uh, to Scotty Sharp as well. Can we, can we do this now while we've got a couple of moments? <sighs> Must we? Um, it's the, a letter came in the mail during the week and it is addressed to 2NURFM gardening expert. Yes. That will be you. Well done. It's a bit like... Sh- 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 
Where, where's the gardening expert in this room? <laughs> well, it ain't me. It ain't me. Uh, it's definitely you. So uh, take it away, Scotty. Some great correspondence. Some here. great. Co- so we'll go with that now. Yes. Yeah. So we have heard from Lynn Atkins out at Redhead. She has written a very, very nice long letter for us about the possum problem that she's got out at oh, her place. No. Oh, no. Not good. We Not actually good. have one that lives in the roof here. Oh, really? The radio station, yeah. You just, what, you'd be there every morning, the next thing, there Did, it is. Does he come down to a shift every now and again? <laughs> it's welcome to. <laughs> what, what can, what can uh, Lynn do about the possums? Well, look, short of shipping them off to New Zealand, because uh, that's about the only, you know, thing you could do with them to get rid of them. But, look, she's used a whole lot of different things like uh, Possoff, Deter. Uh, look, those products do work. Uh, you have to be really persistent with them, unfortunately. Lynn, you just can't use them once. You have to keep on using them over and over to try and keep those possums away. They can be really uh, sort of ornery little buggers, can't they? They'll uh, mm. really give it a crack. Uh, the other thing that we uh, recommend as a homegrown sort of remedy is to get the uh, the blender out. Uh, and oh, Hang on a minute. Or the, nu- the Nutribullet, one I, of those sort I of things. I think I saw that in the Gremlins movie many years ago. Oh, yes, and this is what I'm going to suggest, but don't put in a Gremlin. Stick mm. in some chilli, some water, maybe a bit of olive oil. I've never really thought about it too much. Mm. It sounds like I'm going to make a nice risotto here, doesn't it's the it? the cooking show with yeah. Scotty Sharp. And uh, some garlic as well, and make it up into a really, really smooth sort of um, constituency. And then you can spray that over the plants that are uh, being affected or, and all around. You could actually use it in a watering can as well if you wanted to and water it around the base. And apparently, with it, you know, the possums don't like the taste of the garlic and the chilli all mixed in together. Some great advice. Hope that helps you out, Lynn. Good afternoon, Mark Gwondolin. You've got a question for Scotty today uh, in and around Grevilleas. Hey, Mark. Yeah, that's cr- How you going? Good, good, good thank you. How can we help you? Um, I've got a beautiful Grevillea growing out on the nature strip that I've, um, you know, I've uh, really tried to keep it nice and straight and I've achieved that and it's a really beautiful specimen of a tree. But what I've noticed, and it's only this year, it's a very mature tree, what it's doing, it's sending up little baby grevilleas all over the grass in the footpath and in my next-door neighbour's front garden. garden. So, it, it, look, it, it might have sown the seeds around. That, that could be the case. Uh, the other thing that could have happened is the root system could have been damaged in some way. I don't know how that would have happened uh, where, where you're describing, and then it would might show up little watersheds, but I'd be more inclined to think that it might have spread its seed around at some point in time. So what do you do with that? It's like I've got little baby grevilleas on the front lawn all starting to shoot up, and my neighbour has got a beautiful one in her, her front garden about probably six metres away. Um, it's probably about four foot high. What do I do with all these little ones? Well, look, if you want to, you can try and, you know, do you want to keep them or you want rid of them? I want to remove them because they just look, you know, not part of the uh, landscape. Yeah, so uh, where you say they are, can you successfully spray them? Well, they're on the lawn, but, um, ah, okay. you know, oh, I can... You're better than that. You can just mow them out. Yeah, can't yeah, just grab hold of them and pull it. Yeah, or just use the mower and just keep on mowing them out and eventually they'll die off on you. Right, okay yeah. then. Yeah. Yep. But it's just the seeds have been thrown out or something like that along that nature. Yeah, look, that's all that's happened. The, the seed pods have burst on the grevillea. The, the winds have just carried them around. Uh, look, it would be very unlikely that the root system, you know, being damaged would have, you know, sp- you know sort of sprouted shoots everywhere. I'm very inclined to think it would just be the seed of the grevillea being spread around like that. It sounds really quite nice, though, if you let it go. But, um, yeah, look, just mow it out. That's going to be the easiest way to get rid of it. And, Scotty, the easiest way is usually the best way. It certainly is, isn't <laughs> it? it? Especially when there's a motor involved. Definitely. Thank you. Mark of Guadalupe. Uh, Wendy, you're a garden suburb and passion fruits are on your mind today.
Perfect, yes. su- perfect suburb to be calling the gardening show from, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I had uh, my passion fruit vine did wonderfully last year. It's only a young vine. That was only its second time of fruiting. Um, and so I've, I've trimmed it all back. Um, new shoots are looking awful. They're sort of curly-leafed and very uh, looking very diseased. I don't know what it could be. Okay, so that's only on the new growth, is it? Yes. Yeah, I'm thinking you might have got some mite activity there. That often manifests itself in passion fruits as a, a leaf curling up. Now, because oh. it's an edible plant, uh, you really can't sort of go willy-nilly spraying, uh, you know, harsh chemicals around, and nor do you want to because the bees come in and you don't want to hurt them either. Uh, yeah. So I would be going and getting a product called Eco Oil. It's a natural miticide. Yeah. It's made okay. up from botanical oils, and you spray it over and it puts a protective coating over the, uh, the leaves of the plant and smothers any of those little mites that still might be on there. Okay. And, uh, you, look, you do need to mist up in underneath the leaves as well and all over it won't cure the ones that are curled but it will start to protect any of that new growth coming out okay so when you do see some when you do see some new leaves coming out it's important to spray those as well with that eco oil yep yes should i cut back the ones i suppose it makes sense to cut back some of the ones that are yeah, so you could ah, you could give it a yeah. light a light shaving over the top, and then what you'll find is, especially if we get some rain, that in a couple of weeks' time you'll get some new growth coming on that. So you could almost set your clock by it if you wanted to. Yes. And once you start to see that new growth coming out in a couple of weeks' time, that's when I would go out with the eco oil again and spray at that time to protect that uh, new growth. Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for that. Okay, thanks I'll for that, give that one a go. Appreciate the call. Good. Thank you. Bye-bye. Right, thank you. Bye. We've got a guest coming up in the next couple of minutes. Scotty, would you like to tell us about your guest today? Yes, Helen Moyle's going to uh, talk to us. She's been organising the Woodville Wander and the Maitland Garden Ramble as well, I might add. Uh, look, fantastic cause. Black and White Committee raise all funds for Vision Australia, so there's going to be some fantastic gardens opened up in the uh, Maitland area, and we're going to find out from Helen about that very soon. On the line, we've got Helen Moyle. She's been organising the Woodville Wander, and she's going to tell us all about it. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Yeah, very well. Helen, how you been going? I'm very good, and very good. Very busy, no doubt. Yes, and um, I must say too, I sat on Saturday at the Lake Macquarie uh, Ramble. I sat on one of the gardens and uh, what a well done job that was as well. Oh, fantastic. So what, yes. what, do you, what do you, now can you give us some dates and all the uh, relevant information? Yes, now the Woodville Wanda is five beautiful gardens on the Patterson Road, Woodville. Uh, the dates are the 17th and 18th of November. The gardens will be open uh, from 10 to 4 both days. Um, this come about, Scott, because Maitland Black and White are celebrating 50 years of fundraising for uh, Vision Australia and the um, owners of all these beautiful gardens wanted to do something in conjunction with that. So we are very, very, very fortunate and I think people going to these gardens will be amazed, absolutely amazed. Can you tell us a little bit about those gardens and perhaps uh, whose they are? Because some people who yes. know about gardening have got their gardens on show, haven't they? Yes, they have. Now, um, the first two gardens are Albion Farm and Gracemere. Now, that is mother and father and daughter, um, and they connect to each other. Uh, the, next two, the next farm is Zeta Park. It's about three doors or three farms up. That is owned by Alan and Naomi Bray, Dr. Alan Naomi Bray. And our next farm, Trekkingfield, is Pauline and Bob Dunn from Heritage Gardens. Um, and their next-door neighbour is Stradbroke. Um, so we have these amazing five gardens who all are on the Patterson River. 
so they have the luxury of water, um, but they are all acreage gardens, Scott. They're not small gardens, they're, they're acres to walk around. So uh, people will be totally blown away by the spectacular of these gardens, all individual, all different, um, but just amazing, amazing. So, Helen, you've look, obviously been having a look around them. What are some of the fantastic plants that are in flower at the moment, some specimen trees? What can we expect uh, going up there? Um, look, Zeta Park has an amazing rose display, a lot of David Austin roses that will be out. Stradbroke at the back of their house has, an, has a wisteria, and I hope it will still be out. I've never seen a display, it cascades the whole back of the house. Um, and can I say, Scott, coming into Patterson Road, people have the options to come either end. They can come the Tocal end, which takes in Stradbroke and Tressingfield first, or you can go the other way, and which will bring in Albion Farm, um, Gracemere and Zeta Park. Um, so I'm telling people to divert, you know, because the traffic will be quite heavy. Um, so, you know, it'll make things a little bit easier for everyone moving around. Mm-hmm. And look, parking's just going to be side of the road or on the properties? Yes, yeah, side of the road. Now, we'll have parking in some of the properties where there'll be toilets available and that in, in uh, those areas. Um, I might mention too that the Patterson CWA ladies will be putting on light refreshments in the Woodville Hall. Uh, there are toilet facilities there and also a disabled toilet there for uh, people in need of that. Um, but parking, yes, just at, at Albion Farm and Gracemere, the parking is virtually near the school and just angle parking along the side of the road. But the other properties, we all actually drive into the properties and quite easy parking. Helen, I've got to jump in and ask, you mentioned refreshments. What can we expect at the refreshments table? When, when you're the CWA, I'm, like I'm going over there for the scones and cream straight It'll away. It'll be good. <laughs> scones and cream, you're dead right. Um, beautiful slices, beautiful sandwiches, tea and coffee. Uh, cold drink station and we will be selling uh, have a water station at every entry of the gardens you know because if it is hot people do you know that that's a necessity that we have water and tell them to bring their hats and to slip slap slop because if it's hot they'll need that shade sounds good i think mark and i'll be at the trough there at the cwa we'll be be going for it yes 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 yeah and we do have also ivanhoe wine so i have a marquee set up at zeta park so anyone who wants to indulge in little champagne cheese and bicky platter um that's available with purchase as well so and we've got the hunter region society of artists they'll be spread out through all the gardens painting um, Dr Cameron Archer AM, our local historian, will be giving short talks at Albion Farm on the history of Woodville, the beautiful bridge that we have there connecting both sides of the river. Um, who else do we have? Maitland District Garden Club and the Maitland Horticultural Institute will be there as well. So uh, like a bit of a festival feel, so a bit of something for everybody on the two-day two weekend. Oh, look, that, that sounds fantastic, Helen. So, look, we'll, we'll just do a quick recap. That's going to be on the 17th and 18th of November between uh, yes. 10 and 4. It's the yes. uh, Woodville Wander. Uh, yes. Some fantastic gardens up there on Patterson Road. We're giving away some tickets today for that. Uh, and Lovely. All, all proceeds going... Uh, you've organised us through the Black and White Committee and all proceeds are going to Vision Australia, so a worthy cause yet again. That's and we can, correct. We congratulate you about that. Thank you. very. And may I say too, though, Scott, thank you to everybody who turned up to our Maitland Garden Ramble. It was another huge success. 
And um, honestly, every year we seem to be growing. Um, people put it on their calendar now and um, it's just a lovely drive to the, to the country and Maitland has a lot to offer. And I do thank all the garden owners that open up their gardens. It's a big ask and um, but garden lovers get to see them and that's what it's all about. Thank you. And, and helping out people in need by doing so. So a fantastic event. And good afternoon to Moz at New Lambton. Moz, so you've got the heat coming up and you want to know the plants that will handle that heat. Absolutely, I do. Hello. Hello, Moz. So, look, it is getting hotter. I saw 33 on the weather this morning. That's that's going to test out your garden. It certainly will. Yeah, so I, what, have, what? Um, I have a garage and it's a big bare face and it faces due west. Yeah. And uh, in the summer, everything I put in the garden to grow in it just shrivels up and dies. Right. I put umbrellas over them, but nothing helps. So I was just wondering if I wanted to grow a vine that was like prolifically flowering what would handle the heat do you think is there anything at all yeah look there certainly is i'd be putting in some chinese star jasmine and growing that it it is a really really tough plant you know councils use it uh, in their roundabouts as a sort of semi-ground cover but chinese star jasmine yes it heaps of flowers it's flowering at the moment and a very very tough plant will ha- handle the uh, the salt uh, some frost and definitely the heat Okay. What about something like uh, just on Mark? There's some flowering on them, some colour, some bougainvillea or climbing rose. No good. Yeah, climbing rose certainly in bougainvillea. Look, the, the only stipulation I have about bougainvillea is it gets very sort of woody and it can do some damage to you know things that it's climbing on. So you just have to be. Uh, you know, thoughtful about you know how you're going to get it up the garage wall because it won't actually cling on to the bricks or whatever the garage is made out of. Uh, you'll have to put some sort of frame up there to uh, actually yeah. allow it to climb on. And it, it can be a, like a damaging plant because it gets very hard and woody, a bit like wisteria as well. Uh, you know, it can do damage to, you know, uh, lattice or pergolas and things. So, yeah. look, that's the only thing you have to be mindful about. Okay. But certainly, yes, so, both those things will uh, look, stand immense heat. Bougainvillea would just stay out in the full sun. Uh, it, it seems to almost thrive on, uh, you know, being hammered by the sun. And you get those beautiful flowers. Uh, you also get spikes on it as well. So another thing to be thinking about. A couple of things for you there, Moz. Good afternoon, Dennis. You're at Belmont North and blueberries and compost are on your mind today. How can we help you, Dennis? Uh, g'day, gentlemen. How are you? We're very well. Um, I have a blueberry bush and I've had it for a couple of years and it's getting smaller and smaller. It keeps on getting a disease in the leaves, like a rusty... Uh, and something's chewed it or something. Um, any idea what it would be? Yeah, so are you getting that uh, that sort of little spot that it gets on there, almost like a little red spot, and then it goes yellow around that spot? Yes. Yeah, okay, so that is a sort of fungal disease that they get. Uh, so the best thing to get for that is a product called copper oxychloride. It's a yep. fungicide, and you spray that on. Uh, it's, it's quite easy to use. Uh, it comes in a powder form. You just mix it up in a little bit of warm water at first to dilute that powder, and then add the, the cold water in after that. Uh, it, what it'll do is actually leave a sort of protective coating over the leaves of the plant. And so you have this tiny sort of blue tinge to it, but it will certainly keep those uh, fungal disease away from the blueberries. Okay. 
As far as them being eaten, uh, look, it's an edible plant. I'd probably just get some pyrethrum and, uh, you know, use that every now and again. Just make sure the bees aren't around, of course, uh, because yeah, we, we like yeah. them buzzing around as much as possible. That's helping you get fruit on your plant. Uh, so a little bit of pyrethrum just, you know, as a preventative, uh, you know, every week or so. Just give it a spray on the leaves and that should keep those sort of uh, chewing insects under control for you. From Belmont North now to West Walls End. Peter, you've got a question for Scotty Sharp about roses today. Hey, yes, Peter. Yes, I have. Thank you. Perfect spot to grow them out there at West Walls End. Not quite the humidity on the coast. So how oh, can we help yeah, you? you? You still get the black spot. Oh, okay. Of them. Oh, really? That's, that's a lot of roses wow. to look after. They're out absolutely gorgeous at the moment. How can we help you with them? What I wanted to ask Scott was, there's a couple of roses. One part of the rose is quite uh, normal, and the other half's like stunted growth, like like it's withering. Have you been spraying Roundup in the area? No, I don't use it. Good, uh, because it will deform roses quite badly. Uh, yeah, look, but you think that you think the whole plant is covered, wouldn't you? Yeah, look, it, it, it probably would, and it, but it's always my first port of call when people just you know come up and you know, ring up and describe that uh, you know their rose is withering like that. They do get a virus though. That can be the other problem with roses. Yeah, that's what I think yeah. I've got, but. So what so you have to do is just keep on yep. pruning out that section that's looking, you know, unhealthy, uh, put it in a plastic bag and discard it into the garbage. Don't let the leaves settle around the plant uh, yeah. and just feed the plant, uh, make sure it's well watered. You're trying to make it as healthy as possible. It's like us getting the common cold. You know, we get that virus. Uh, you know, we can't really give ourselves anything to make it better. Uh, but, you know, as long as we're, you know, trying to do the right things, keeping ourselves healthy, uh, drinking lots of water, uh, eating the right foods, then, uh, the, you know, you get over that virus a lot quicker. And that's the same thing you're trying to do with your rose. And I would suggest uh, as well, Scotty, with the amount of roses, Peter, Scotty could be part of a garden ramble down the road. He could be. We need almost the West Walls End garden ramble, don't we? And it's just Rod's backyard. Yeah. <laughs> that is a, that's a lot of roses you've got there, Peter. Uh, and look, I think they are looking beautiful at the moment because it, it's um, been... Uh, you know, the weather's been quite perfect. We really haven't had too much humidity or rain, so it's been really good for roses. I'm expecting, though, as it starts to uh, get a little bit damper in the atmosphere uh, and hotter, I think it's going to, the black spot's going to become more prevalent. I was, yeah, I was, I was going to open it up here, this year for Ronald McDonald House, but the wife got sick and uh, we didn't open it, but... I open it up every second year for Ronald McDonald House. Oh, okay, mate. Look, if you decide to do it uh, next year, give us a tingle and we'll certainly uh, we'll certainly promote oh, that for so you. And there was there was one more question. Yes. Uh, there was. I was watching a show on TV the other night. A bloke was growing roses up in Queensland, mm -hmm. and he had a spray that he was spraying on them. So he had eco oil. Mm -hmm. He had uh, uh, what? What's the other? You know. Uh, Oh, was it some sort of fungicide he was spraying for black spot or? Yeah. Yeah. He had a tablespoon of bicarb soda. Yes. And, you know, like a seaweed. Oh, okay. Like yeah, but, but I wasn't quite sure of the proportions that he was putting in. Look, I'm I'm not sure about that either. Uh, generally, I say to people, you know, if you're going to mix those things together, uh, look, you'd probably you know get what 
you know, you get your litre of water and then you'd put, you know, what you need to make up a litre of your eco oil and a litre of, you know, a measure of what you need to make up your litre of, uh, you know, copper oxychloride, for instance. Uh, as far as using the seaweed spray on them, I don't know about that because really the seaweed mixture is very good for the root system of the plants but doesn't work, you know, particularly well on the foliage. Uh, it doesn't really have any great benefit to the foliage of the plants. Uh, I'd be more inclined if you're going to use a seaweed, uh, you know, liquid just to mix it up in the watering can and water around the roses, around the root system and get it directly to where it's needed. Before we get back to the phones very quickly, jacarandas are on your mind today. They are because they're out in flower everywhere and they are looking absolutely spectacular. Of course, you, all the leaves and all the plant bit, that'll just drop all over the... Yes. You know, that's a problem. That is a problem and you're getting to my jacaranda rule. There's a rule? Yes, there's a rule of thumb with the old jacaranda. Don't have it within, I would say, 25 metres of your home. Or yeah. a concrete surface that you walk on. Well, for most people, that's their entire property. <laughs> it, it, look, it is. So I guess what I'm trying to say to people is if you've got a, you know, a, your average quarter acre block, probably don't grow a jacaranda tree. Now, my rule of thumb for that is, and I have spoken about it before, is they do look spectacular. They look very, very beautiful at the moment with their purple flowers all out, but they start to drop everywhere and then it rains and they get slimy, they get slippery, they make a mess, they wreck up the lawn and then the same thing happens with the leaves on it. It's got those f tiny, tiny little sort of pinnate leaves and they just go absolutely everywhere and make a mess as well. So, beautiful tree, great shade tree, great for colour but make sure you've at least got 25... I'll get the measuring stick out mm. and go 25 from your nearest gutter or concrete surface to that jacaranda tree and do not grow anywhere they look fabulous in that. other people's backyards. Well, apparently backyards. they look very nice in Zimbabwe. That's yeah, They've got spectacular jacarandas Oh, there. they look fantastic, but I think 25 metres is going to pull most people Well, Zimbabwe is further than 25 <laughs> metres away from Australia, mate, so we're all set. <laughs> we'll just look at some photos online yeah. from there. Rod at East Maitland, you got a question for Scotty this afternoon. How can we help you, Rod? Yeah. G'day, Scott. How are you going? Yeah, pretty well. Mate, just, uh, I've got a magnolia out on the front uh, nature strip. Uh, it's about two metres high, quite healthy, mm -hmm. and it's actually set back probably only metre from the kerb. So I was just wondering uh, if that could tolerate being transplanted, uh, planted rather, and if so, when? Yeah, so now the one you've got, is it an evergreen magnolia or a deciduous magnolia? Uh, it's evergreen with a white flower. Okay, and you said it's about how, how tall again? That's my, uh, uh, my memory working for you. Two metres roughly, maybe a tad over. Okay, look, you can transplant it at this stage. It's uh, you know probably getting towards the outer limits of wanting to transplant, be yeah. transplanted. Good time to do it now, though, rather than when it's incredibly hot. Okay. Uh, so get your spade, dig out as much soil as you can because you want to take as much of the root system with you as possible without disturbing that. Uh, dig your new hole, make sure that, that new hole's filled with water and uh, transplant, again, as much as you possibly can and then just water, water, water. You might have to stake it as well just to keep it upright if it's a little bit uh, sort of wonky. The other thing I would do is give it a light prune just to reduce the stress on the plant because some of those leaves are going to die off and drop off anyway because it's going to be upset. Uh, so give it a light prune, about a you know, third of the plant if you wanted to. And uh, again, then just keep on watering it. You won't be able to give it enough water, uh, you know, for the first, you know, month or so until it re-establishes its root system again. Thank you very much, Rod. Keith, you're at Toronto and you've got fruit flies a bit of a problem at your place today. Keith, yes. Yeah, we have some plums on our probably 100-year-old plum tree. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, first year we've had them for a long time, so I thought, well, we'd better get some fruit fly bait going. And I've heard you talk about Vegemite 
and something else. Yes, Vegemite and Malathon. You could use pyrethrum as well if you wanted to in right. there. So what you Malathon? Do, yeah, Malathon. You get that and mix it into a you know a, a paste. You know, not uh, yes. not too watery. Um, you know, not yeah. too thick. And then you get uh, you know some plastic uh, containers like you might have got from the takeaway uh, shop. Yeah. You punch a few holes into those and you can hang it from the tree or nail it onto the tree. Whatever you want to do. Most people yeah. hang them and have some mm-hmm. entrance points in there for the the fruit fly to get into. Uh, they're attract okay. they're attracted into the females attracted into the uh, into the veggie mite, and yeah. uh, then the um, they eat that and then the malathion inside that kills them. I know it sounds a bit nasty, but it's, it's good. A, a good way to keep yep. it under control. Yeah, that's what we want to do. Thank you very much for that. Okay. So, what portions um, approximately? Again, a tablespoon of each. Or look, again, that's just that's just a rule of thumb. It depends on how much veggie might you're using. You just want it into a nice consistency so that the fruit fly can still land on it, and there's enough moisture in there that it can, you know, have a good suck away at it and and uh, actually you know, be killed by the the malathion that's inside that veggie mite. And how about that, uh, Scotty? The tree, a hundred years old plum tree there. That's very, very nice, yeah. yeah but look, plum trees do get a lot of fruit fly. I know I was around at the community gardens at Carrington over the weekend. Uh, I was shoveling about uh, two and a half metres of uh, horse manure. Okay. Yeah. You just had to... Ma- you, had, you got Carrington in there once today. I That's- did. But, yeah, look, they've got a nectarine tree around there and uh, the fruit fly, a very early fruiting one, and the, nectar- the, uh, the fruit fly were into that already. So we gave a good prune. Well, you do have a, a prize to give away. Um, and just once again, before you pick the winner at random, Scott, yes. you the big prize, couple of tickets to the Garden Ramble. Yeah, well, yeah, the Woodville Wonder this one is. I'm sorry to correct you there, but I, okay. I, I have. <laughs> it's on the 17th and 18th of November. It's uh, conducted by the Black and White Committee uh, in Maitland and all proceeds go to Vision Australia. So 17th to 18th of November, uh, between 10 and 4, up there on Patterson Road. Some fantastic guards. I believe they've got about... Seven? You're going to correct me now, aren't you? Um, I think that's about right. About that. Between five and seven, seven gardens, five. yes. <laughs> There's a bit of wiggle room there. Yeah, and look, we're obviously details guys here. We've, we've picked up on all the detail and got that right. So we're going to give away a couple of free tickets to that, and I think we might give it to Moz from New Lambton. She was calling up about plants that handle the heat. Which is nice and timely with that hot weather coming from tomorrow. Yes, but a great time to go up there and have a look at those gardens. It's going to look beautiful. 17th and 18th of November. Congratulations, Moz. We'll get in contact with you, and you've got a couple of tickets to those. Uh, I think that's just about it for us today, Scotty. I think that's just about it. I've, yeah, no, no more to off- offer. Nothing more to offer, nothing more to give. We've covered a lot today. Thank you for uh, all of your calls. And, of course, Scotty Sharp uh, about to head back out into the big wild world. We'll be back next Monday afternoon for another big program. See you then. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.